Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let Mom's Green Thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants, indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give Mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil just $8.97 at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello there, boys and girls, and welcome to a special trade deadline episode of Circling the Bases, proudly a part of NBC Sports Edge. I'm your host, Colin Henderson. Joining me today to my virtual right is Ryan Boyer. To the south, Mr. Christopher Crawford. And we are live on the NBC Sports YouTube channel, recapping all of the action from a wild deadline that has just officially ended at 6 p.m. Eastern, but we know there is going to be a bunch of trades we are going to be able to live react to as they as the paperwork gets finished up and the I's are dotted and the T's are crossed. Yes, sir. So, Ryan, Chris, welcome to the Trade Deadline Show. This has been a busy day and obviously headlined by Soto, the Soto move, but there is, I mean, a flurry of action has been happening really before and after that 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 whopper. We have a trade to break. Oh, the Royals have traded Whit Merrifield, per source, from Mark Feinstead of MLB.com. We don't know to who, we don't know to where, but we know that Whit Merrifield is going to be traded. I am no going to be a giddy. Yet. We have no desti- destination unknown, to quote my favorite band, OMC. There is no uh, <laughs> nowhere we, that we know yet, but we do know that Whit Merrifield is. I'm just going to go like this, because I'm going to be refreshing Twitter every single time you see that. You know that I've got to trade for us to break. But yeah, this yeah, is going to be so much fun. Done. It's got to be to the Padres, right? I assume. AJ <laughs> Pillar was just taking a power nap uh, about a half hour ago. He hadn't made a trade in 45 I'll minutes. I'll tell you so. that it won't be to Toronto. There's there's the one thing I'll guarantee you that Whit Merrifield is not <laughs> being traded. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's start as Chris will keep us updated on anything running up uh, live. Let's We got to start off with Soto. I mean, we have to start off with there. It is Who? a package the Juan Soto, in case you've been under a rock all day, and I appreciate you stepping out of that rock to come watch <laughs> us here. Um, the Padres acquire Juan Soto and Josh Bell from the Nationals, and the Nationals get a third of the Padres farm system for it. They get uh, Mackenzie Gore, Robert Hassel III, C.J. Abrams, James Wood, Jarlin Susana, and Luke Voigt coming back yep. to the Nationals to take over first base slash DH duties. Um, Poor Luke obvious. What's that? Poor Luke Voigt. Poor, Poor Luke, Luke Voigt. Honestly, yeah. I was trying to do like winners and losers as I was trying to put this out. And like Luke Voigt was my number one loser because boy, that trade was initially Eric Hosmer and Luke Voigt is a part of the Padres for the rest of the year. Eric Hosmer says, nope, I don't want to go to the Nationals. I have a no trace clause. And all of a sudden Luke Voigt is now heading to D.C. 
Uh, that's real rough. That real rough if you are Luke Voigt. But let's talk about Juan Soto here. Obviously, a massive haul, a massive deal, uh, arguably, if not the biggest trade deadline trade um, in the history of the trade deadline. Uh, Ryan, why don't we start off with you here? Just kind of talk, talk to me a little bit about Juan Soto and Josh Bell going to the Nationals and how big of a deal that really is. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm watching the timeline as well. Chris, you were just proven wrong. Merrifield to the Jays. To the no Jays. way! <laughs> Boy, the the oh my uh, gosh. the vaccination oh. status conversation really oh. coming into play. Oh, here. He is apparently no. he has no problem getting it for a for a contender, as he said. But wow, well, that is a that's a that's, that's a shocking a one. Massive deal. That is a hilariously massive deal. <laughs> um, but yes, please wax poetically about Juan Soto now, Ryan. I mean, the counting stats are going to be. Boosted, obviously. He's going to go to a much better lineup. Um, the ballpark's not really, I don't think, a whole much, uh, much of a factor, really. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it seemed like Soto in interviews, I feel like he was maybe starting to get affected by it a little bit. His numbers since the All-Star break haven't been great. Now that yeah. he can relax and he's got a really fun team to be on, I think that can only help. Um so what I'm trying to say is don't drop Juan Soto in your fantasy league. <laughs> that's, the kind of good, that's the kind of advice you come here for. Uh, and then obviously Josh Bell getting tossed in on top. I thought that was a little surprising. I mean, I know that both of those two were going to get moved, both of them right. going to the same destination within the same trade. Um, Rizzo, the GM for the Nationals, really spoke about Jarlin Susanna, one of the prospects coming through as one of the main reasons why Josh Bell was eventually included in this trade. They wanted him on the back end. Chris, briefly talk to us about, obviously, all of the players going back the other way, you being a prospect guy. There's a lot of prospects being discussed here, and we're not even getting to the rest of the scorched earth farm system that is now the Padres (laughs) minor league (laughs) affiliate. It's crazy that they still have a couple of decent prospects in that system now, too, assuming that we're not going to hear about a couple of more trades from the Padres before we're done. Look, I mean, I think the headliner here is Abrams. Abrams is a shortstop who I think has close to a plus-plus hit tool if everything goes right. 80-grade speed, has developed some power. He hasn't been great in his taste in the major leagues, but a lot of guys are not great in their first taste in the major leagues. He's the type of guy that you want to build a trade around. If he was a, still considered a prospect, you're talking about a legitimate top 10, maybe even a top five prospect. Mackenzie Gore, you know, this was a guy who was considered the best pitching prospect in baseball not all that long ago. I thought really impressed me until, unfortunately, he did have the elbow injury that had shut him down. But before that, he was showing that type of stuff that made him that best pitching prospect. You can probably yeah. consider him a top 15 prospect if he had prospect eligibility. Robert Hassel is a massive get. This is an outfielder with a chance for a bunch of plus tools. Could be a middle of the order bat. Has enough approach at the plate that he could even be a top of the order bat who happens to have power as well. Awfully nice get. Jarlin Susanna is a name that you're going to want to keep an eye on. This was considered the best pitching prospect in a weak IFA class. But he's massive, and literally and figuratively. The guy's already six foot six, 235 pounds, and touching triple digits with his fastball. I mean, this is a haul. This is one of the – and, of course, I forgot. I knew I would forget one. James Wood is also massive, a six foot seven player with legitimate plus-plus power in his left-handed bat. Some questions about whether or not he'll hit for average, but he should be a strong defender. Unfortunately, he's going to get comp to Aaron Judge just because they're both small forwards on Division One basketball teams. But – 
there is legitimate chance for him to be a 30 to 40 home run guy if everything maxes out. You give up Juan Soto, you give up Josh Bell, but you get a lot here. It's I thought I would begrudge the Nationals for any type of Juan Soto trade, but they did well enough that I'm still begrudge them a little bit, but not quite as much as I thought they would. I do find it interesting that, uh, I mean, GMs almost never want to trade two big pieces in the same deal like that. And Mike Rizzo has now done it twice in the last two deadlines. Yeah. Trey Turner, Max Scherzer package in the same deal. Now Josh Bell and Juan Soto in the same deal. You right. almost never, GMs almost want to separate those guys. They think they're always going to get the best return when they do separate deals. But right. I guess the, the kid, the 18 year old is, it seemed like that was the, the guy that they really wanted. And Josh Bell had to be included in that. Yeah. By the way, just to interject here, uh, it looks like the Cubs are not going to trade Wilson Contreras or Ian Happ, according to Ken Rosenthal. That's uh, wow, wow, that's that certainly is, a decision. That is, deci- I get, <laughs> I, I'll say this: I get the Ian Happ thing because you get him for next year. Sure, sure. You better re-sign Wilson Contreras, man, <laughs> and you still could have had a chance to sign Wilson Contreras even with a trade. I think that's a pretty massive mistake. As much as I hate to see teams selling, and as I'm sure Cubs fans are really excited that they get two more months of him, it seems like a pretty bad baseball decision. I mean, with no international draft, obviously the compensation pick comes back into play for the qualifying offer. You have to assume that there had to be something better than what you could get at whatever that pick would be in the 30s to 40s in the draft next year, um, assuming that, of course, Contreras declines the qualifying offer, which he almost assuredly would on the, after the season that he's having now, Ian Happ though, again, the value, yes, you can have him for two more months. You can move him in the off season. Now you can move him at the trade deadline next year, but the value is so high now with the, with him coming off of an all-star game appearance with him basically being him and Jack Peterson really being the last big outfielders that potentially could really be an impact right now. I mean, we just see Harrison Bader get moved to the Yankees in the, um, in a Jordan Montgomery trade, which is, I'm, I'm still trying to understand all of that piece there. There's got to be something more coming from the Yankees just because that uh, pitching staff finally looked full and healthy and now suddenly just lost a big piece. But uh, there's a lot to be going on in that spot. I'm not sure how you deal. If you're the Cubs, I don't see how you can walk into this offseason. You traded David Robertson away for not particularly – one of the best reliever arms on the market for not a particularly strong return. You hold on to Ian Happ and Wilson Contreras. I mean, what are you doing here? I mean, they moved uh, they moved the reliever to the Yankees, whose name I'm blanking on right now. But otherwise, they they basically stood pat in a year where they had a lot of pieces that other teams coveted. They did make one other move that just got announced a little bit again. Uh, Michael Gibbons is heading yes. to the Mets, which is going to be a help for that New York bullpen. But the overall point remains the same. Yeah. I, I'm really surprised by this. And you must feel real confident that you can get a Wilson Contreras extension done um, because otherwise it just doesn't make a whole heck of a lot of sense for an awful baseball team to hang on to a pending free agent. You know who was not confident that a Wilson Contreras extension could get done is Wilson Contreras based on his <laughs> yeah. emo- emotions that he ex- put on display yeah. the last few days. I mean, yeah, he certainly thought he was going to be traded. Um, he also yeah. certainly thought he was going. This was the last time he was going to be wearing that uniform. One we got another trade. 
We got a trade. Oh. Can I announce oh. it this time, Ryan? Oh, yes. You, you do it. To do, the other do, thing. It, do it. The Atlanta Braves are acquiring Rachel Iglesias from the Los Angeles Angels for oh. Jesse Chavez and Tucker Davidson. Okay. Davidson? Yeah, that's this all, is interesting. That's all it took. To, that's, all it took to yeah. that's surprising. Now, look, that's I really like Tucker Davidson. Mm. I think he's got a chance to be a solid mid-rotation starter. I thought it would take more for a closer like that, who has not been great in 2022 yeah. compared to what he was in 2021. It's a pretty easy yes for Atlanta, too, because they yeah. have about uh, sideways eight versions of Tucker Davidson in their system. Yeah, especially knowing that they just moved Ian ha- um, um, Will Smith to uh, Will Smith for um, Jake Odorizzi to the Astros. The, so they just lost the bullpen arm. Weird trade I've seen in there. a long time. Yeah, yeah, that was a weird one. I didn't quite understand yeah. that one for either side. But. The, the rare contender for contender trade. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, fun. I mean, this is interesting, though, because I'm curious to see what kind of role Iglesias will have. Is, is he going to be the closer with – I would imagine so, yeah? yeah I, I'm oh. going to say yes, Can't. but – I think it'll be Kenley. I think it's think still, it'll be Kenley. Okay, it's still Kenley here. I mean, Kenley's yeah. been, I think, better than Iglesias so far this year. Sure. And I, I mean, you love the idea of a one-two with, with that at the back of the That's pen, but very strong, especially if Iglesias can maybe getting out of that closer role that he's had sure. on the Angels and not particularly uh, pitched up to snuff no, would help. Not that they're gonna, you know, win a single game for the rest of the season, but the Angels' closer role is open now. It's probably Ryan Tapera, Aaron Luke. Yeah. One of those two. Former MVP candidate Ryan Tapera is now the closer that's, of the right. – that, that, that joke will never stop being funny to me. Google it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's an interesting – that's a really interesting trade. We're going to get a bunch more. This is fun. This is so much fun. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Let's circle way, back to the – oh, go for it, Ryan. Sorry, I was just going to say, uh, unless something else trickles in here at the last second, um, the only team not to make a trade – I'll give you a hint – is uh, – Collins wearing the hat. I was right going to say, I'm pretty sure I'm wearing the hat right now. <laughs> so see, that's the kind of the, 3D those, thinking that goes into my wardrobe. I mean, the Daniel Bard extension was one thing, but then they have. Does anybody not want like Alex Colomay as like a middle reliever? I mean, Chad Cool. Yeah, those type of arms have been moving for next to nothing in terms of prospect returns. Sure. Like, yeah, I, mean, I guess. That's the thing about the bar thing. DJ, Eric, DJ, Drew, DJ, they're both interchangeable for me at this point. Um, that's the one thing about the Bard thing is like, I imagine that teams were not offering a whole heck of a lot for Bard. So now that we see the return for Iglesias, I, I guess yeah. I'm kind of with you. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's still weird to be signing these type of, it is weird to sign closers that are the age Bard is when you're paying Nolan Arenado to play for a different baseball team. There, there's just no way around that. There, there's no way to justify that other than to say that maybe Colorado is looking to right their wrongs. CJ Crone was another guy that I thought maybe could get moved. Um, by the way, also being reported right now that Carlos Rodon has not been traded. So Carlos Rodon will remain a member of the San Francisco Giants. I imagine that the Giants were just asking for a haul and a half for his services. Yeah. I also, well. maybe, maybe I'm the only one who – uh, forgot about this, but Iglesias is under contract through 2025. I had forgot yes. that he signed that extension. I so totally forgot. Certainly for 2022, at least I think Kenley Jansen is probably going to be the closer still. But I mean, now they got their got a new closer locked up for yeah, it's a good point. A while, um, which honestly makes the return even a little bit more head scratching. There, Justin, 
uh, with the amount of for how much Jorge Lopez the trade was for Jorge Lopez for how much Josh Hader was those seem to be the two big bullpen moves and then Robertson Iglesias um, I mean we've seen a couple other minor ones here but not a whole lot of returns for the reliever market and I'm a little surprised by that just considering usually that gets a pretty decent haul for a lot of either teams that are thinking they probably will miss the playoffs or are absolute sellers at the deadline. I mean, I was, I was really surprised by Lopez in particular. That yeah. return was really light. I mean, I know he's prior to this year was just a not, a not very effective pitcher. Organism. In yeah. 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 But I mean, relievers are fickle. I mean, you all know that it's, you know, Lopez could easily sustain it. Maybe he doesn't, but that was a really light return, and that's before we even get into the, the fact that it's the optics on that trade are not great for an Orioles team that yeah finally looking decent again. They trade right. trade Mancini thing. I can understand a little bit more, I guess. Uh, he's you know only got two months left on this deal, but a Mike Elias, he's a cold blooded, he's a cold blooded yes. man. He is very much a a guy that is um, very good at his job, but also is a. Uh, Facts over feelings type of guy. By the way, JD Martinez has yeah. not been traded. JD Martinez He's staying in Boston. Staying well. in Boston. Weird. Boston. Boston's so weird right now. Let's talk about Boston and Baltimore a second, because both of them kind of having very weird deadlines in the sense that we we just spoke about Baltimore a little bit. Look, they're a game over five hundred. They haven't not unthinkable shot at making a postseason in a year. They had absolutely no expectation of doing so. And they move the heart and soul of their team in Trey Mancini. Sure, he's only got two months left, but wouldn't you kind of want – he's the heart and soul of that clubhouse. If there's any chance of them potentially keeping up this pace, Trey Mancini's a part of it. And then obviously they move their all-star closer to a team and I thought got a so-so return back. And I think they added Brett Phillips. And that is their, that is their trade deadline unless something else comes in. That feels right. a little. That feels a little counterintuitive to what they could potentially do this year, even without having to. They don't have to make any major moves, but they could have made a couple more minor moves and potentially kept themselves in a puncher's chance. And then obviously Boston, I don't know what they're exactly doing here. They add Eric Hosmer. They don't move any pieces really. They add what? Uh, who did they add? Tommy Fam. They added Tommy Fam. Yeah, Tommy Fam. I, they move uh, Vasquez. I, I don't really know what they're doing in this spot, and it just seems like they just treaded water. So if, awesome. if, they're, if they are hanging on to J.D. Martinez, where's uh, where's Tommy Fan going to play? They're saying he's going to play left field against left-handed pitching. Okay. So it sounds like he's going gonna to be a platoon guy with Verdugo moving to right. This is just from Ian Brown tweeted this literally 46 seconds ago. When Fan is in the lineup, he will play left field with Verdugo. Okay. Moving to right. It is worth pointing out, too, it got broken uh, right as we started recording. The you, me, Ryan, and everyone at NBC Sports Edge are going to be paying Eric Cosmer as much as the Boston Red Sox are. The San Diego Padres are eating all $44 million of that contract, which is one of the reasons why I think they get two prospects. I will say this. One of the prospects they get in that deal is a guy named Max Ferguson. Max Ferguson has stolen 55 this year and it's gotten on at a 365 clip he's somebody that would be interested in a deeper dynasty league because he can flat out fly he gets on base i could see him being that super utility guy who's eligible at a bunch of spots has very little power and he has not hit for average but 
if you're playing in like a league where you know you get to keep a bunch of dudes and get to keep them forever max ferguson would be somebody i'd be looking to target Let's recap a couple of trades that happened late in the day here. Um, Noah Syndergaard heads to the city of brotherly love, um, going the other way to the Angels, Mickey Moniak, and a player to be named later. I mean, Moniak, a number one overall pick um, not too long ago. Michael Fulmer heads to Minnesota. Minnesota's had a very, I think, a very nice trade deadline day Me specifically too. today. Also adding Tyler Maley and, um, and obviously Jorge Lopez. Um, Brett Phillips goes to Baltimore. Um, San Diego continues to add, add, add. Uh, Brandon Drury heads there after a really nice – by the way, this is why Cincinnati and teams like Cincinnati go out and sign players like Brandon Drury in the offseason. They got a nice – they got the number six or seven prospect back from San Diego for a guy they signed to a minor league deal, an excellent work there. Uh, Darren Ruff heads to the Mets to play a little outfield there. J.D. Davis – shipped off to San Francisco along with prospects there. That's a weird um, deal. That is a good deal there as well. And then we just mentioned Whit Merrifield going to the Blue Jays. Uh, just a lot going on here. Um, any of those moves in particular that make you want to shout something? Noah Syndergaard. Um, I mean, I don't love the landing spot. Um not a great ballpark to pitch in. I'm just not really loving the Syndergaard, uh, just the, him in general this year with yeah. the velocity right. coming down. I mean, he, it, it feels like he's one or two blow-ups that it just the Phillies fans are going to turn on him very quickly. Uh, but it will be interesting to see him pitching against the Mets. That will be, uh, <laughs> be good theater anyway. I see uh, another little minor deal here. Cardinals actually got Austin Allen. He can hit a little bit for a catcher, but yeah, that's just and that's they, just my Cardinals. Uh, yeah, uh, they they made another trade too. They traded Austin, they traded Austin Romine to the Reds for uh, cash considerations, and I imagine that will be a very small amount of cash. I think Tyler Melee to the uh, Twins is a really fascinating mm-hmm. deal. Like. I was kind of wondering if the Reds would hang on to him because I think they're not. We talked about this also on Sunday with Drew, that they wouldn't be trading him at his highest value because last year this guy looked like you might even get more for him than you would for Luis Castillo because it was it just looked like he was more on the rise than mm-hmm. Castillo was. You obviously aren't doing that now. And Manley's dealt with some shoulder issues, and he's also um, not been – particularly effective. I really like this move because he's going to a better pitcher's park. He is going to be joining a team that doesn't suck out loud. And there's some legitimate motivation here for him too. I think he's an absolute fantasy get for the rest of the season. I'm a big fan of his stuff. I think he kind of hit the nail on the head with Cindergard too. Is like, I wonder how well he's going to deal with that Philadelphia um, <laughs> enthusiasm uh, certainly, I'm not. I'm not. I'm certainly not calling Noah Syndergaard soft or anything like that. But I do think that's not the softest landing spot for him. And he hasn't. I mean, he doesn't miss bats at the level that we used to see no. from him. He just. He just does not do it. He's going to a pretty tough division now as well. Not that the AL West was a uh, a horrible division by any stretch of the imagination. Sands when he got to face the A's. The Brandon Drury trade is really interesting to me too for San Diego. We've talked about it, Colin, and we've seen the numbers dip a little bit, but not as much as I thought. Yeah. I'm still pretty skeptical about whether or not he can do this. It's a great trade, 
for the Reds to give Victor Acosta, who was legitimately one of the best international free agent prospects in the 2021 class. I'd be adding Drury just because of his fact that he's eligible to play in a bunch of places. And if you yep. need help with power, I think that's going to help. Just be on the lookout for a little bit of a, a drop uh, in, in average over the final couple of months. I'm curious how much playing time he gets there. Obviously, he's going to be used in a bunch of different spots. But in a in a world, you, you have Josh Bell playing first base. You have Cronenworth playing second. You have Tatis coming back soon playing short. You have Machado locked in at third. Is Will Myers the guy left out? I mean, he's going to have to play more right field, left field, somewhere along those lines. But does he get the same number of at-bats in Cincinnati that he's going to get now? And if so, I mean, I think that's one of the reasons why we saw him really step up this year was this is the first time really since his Arizona days that he got regular playing time um, every single day. Uh, Ryan, yeah, I think he'll slide way. right. Oh, I was just going to okh- say add on Drury. I think he'll slide right into that. DH spot that they get by Voight. I mean, defense defense is not, has never been a jury's calling card anyway. So I I think it makes sense for him to slide into the the DH spot. I I don't, we saw that the Padres were really wanting to unload Will Myers as well. They didn't end up doing that, but I don't think they're committed to him at all. And he can, as you mentioned, Colin, see some time in the outfield as well. I also want to echo Chris's thoughts on Tyler Malley. I mean, 5.02 5.02 ERA away from at home, rather, at Great American Ballpark in his career. Uh, 3.74 on the road. And plenty of strikeouts. The home run ball can be an issue for him majorly. That's going to be way less of an issue, and we've got to keep in mind as well that those AL Central lineups that he gets to face. Of course, he's yeah. faced some bad lineups in the NL Central as well, but most importantly, getting out of Great American Ballpark. Uh, one other name I wanted to throw out as far as uh, – the fantasy ramifications. Um, I know we talked about kind of being uh, flummoxed by the Jorge Lopez trade, but Felix Bautista is going to be their closer now, I presume. Yeah. The Orioles yeah. closer. The Mountain. Yeah. He's uh, he's like legitimately good. So yeah. I think he's going to be widely available in your league and you should go scoop him up right now if he is. I will just caution with Felix Bautista. I do wonder a little bit. If because the you know the Orioles are as analytical as they get, which is one of the reasons why Trey Mancini trades happen and Jorge Lopez trades happen, do kind of wonder if Bautista might be still a guy they want to use in the best spot rather than the closing spot. But I would still add him anyway because he's going to be missing bats and still get more save chances with Lopez no longer available. Yeah, that's fair. Of uh, course it is. I wouldn't have said it if it wasn't fair, Ryan. <laughs> Come on. Uh, let's just finish up on the Padres real quick, just because we've already talked. To- talked about Soto. We've talked about Bell. We've talked about um, Drury, but we didn't talk about uh, is Josh Hader. And that I feel like somehow that move has been completely overshadowed as it rightly should be because of the Juan Soto move. But this is arguably the best closer in baseball. And the Padres decide we need that. I mean, they handed out uh, Taylor Rogers, Nelson Lamette, uh, Robert Gasser, and Estuary Ruiz to the Brewers, which, by the way, again, another team I'm very confused at. The Brewers are three and a half games up in the NL Central, and they trade away their all-star best closer in the game, continue to add, unless something new comes in, add basically no bats, and do very little to try and actually help them win this year. I know they get a a pretty decent return for Josh Hader, and but if I'm the Brewers, why am I not waiting till the end of the year when I I, I have a path to the postseason, I have a path to – 
um, a deep pennant race. And for whatever reason, they decide to move him now. But uh, the Padres getting him to put at the back end of their bullpen. I mean, that's huge. And not enough people are talking about it because of a cup, because of that Soto Bell trade. I think people are going to look at his 4.24 ERA and wonder what we're talking about. I think that might be the most misleading 4.24 ERA like in the history of 4.24 ERAs. I mean, it's all been some recent struggles. He's still a guy who has struck out 59 hitters in 34 in a third innings. He still has a 15.6 strikeout to nine mm-hmm. ratio. He doesn't add a bunch of walks. 12 and 34 innings isn't great, but it's not like – you know, he's not Mitch Williams where you just have no idea where the ball's going. He's just going through some stuff, and you have to wonder if the fact that he didn't know what team he was going to be playing for. It's impossible to prove that type of stuff, but I want Josh Hader on my team, and I think this is an easy yeah. win for them. I kind of get it for Milwaukee if today was October 2nd, yeah. 2022. I don't really get it on August 2nd. And, I boy, I don't know if you guys saw the interview with Devin Williams. With, yeah, was, uh, that's what Milwaukee. I was going to bring up. Yeah, like he was – yeah, he looked legitimately – it, it, he was not happy. And it's interesting, too, because you would assume – He's the guy going to be the closer now. Probably is. Very possible. And I, although I do wonder if maybe that was part of something that made him upset, that maybe they're going to give Taylor Rogers the first crack at that closer thing. Because, again, the Brewers, super analytical baseball team, maybe value Devin Williams more pitching in those high leverage spots than pitching in the ninth inning. I certainly would have Devin Williams pitching in the ninth inning in games that matter. I mean, in all of these games matter now, too. I mean, they have a legitimate chance to be a World Series baseball team. Ryan, I think we both uh, but, picked the uh, Brewers. But Trevor, Trevor Rosenthal, a hashtag closer experience. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. That, 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 that might be, that might be one of the weirdest moves that. of the entire day. This is, <laughs> this is a guy who was just signed for a, like, $6 million deal the other day by the Giants, goes on the IL, and – and like a week later is suddenly traded away. It's almost as if it's almost as if the other team signed him. That's how, that's how weird it is because there's no chance uh, of that. I'm confused by the Trevor Rosenthal. If you just bought your personalized Trevor Rosenthal giant. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> Hopefully you did it with American express who is not a sponsor. Flush of the, show, the money absolutely. right down the toilet. Absolutely should be. The trade actually reminded me of one of my favorite tweets of all time from my buddy Matthew Corey, um, where he said, Shohei Otani, I've made my choice. I'm signing with the Mariners. Jerry DePoto, this is wonderful news. We're honored to have you. Otani, thank you. DePoto, you've been traded to the Chicago White Sox. That is absolutely one of my all-time favorite. And it reminded me of that. Like, he was a San Francisco Giant for like 18 minutes. Yeah. I, I, I think he could get a chance for saves. I think Rodgers could get a chance for saves. I doubt that's actually why Devin Williams was upset, by the way. I think it's because one of the best relievers in baseball is being traded for a contender. But I, I think that closing situation is not as – it's not as obvious that, oh, obviously Devin Williams is now the closer. Right. I agree with that as well. But, I mean, he was talking – he was upset because, like, this is a gut punch to a team that is three and a half games up in the Central. And their best way of winning a World Series this year, of making a deep postseason run this year, is – on the back of their phenomenal starting pitching to win every game 3-1 and to have Devin Williams and Josh Hader close out the game. That is their game plan. And they just took that major piece out. You saw how upset he was simply because he's like, I, I, I don't, he, like I think many of us don't see what is Milwaukee doing in this spot. There is an opportunity to win the central. There's an opportunity yep. to go deep into the postseason, and you made your team worse. By the way, NBC has already made my reaction to the Whit Merrifield trade a meme, and I'm not happy. 
<laughs> I have to see it. I gotta look that yeah, up. It's, it's it's on Twitter. It's uh, no, I'll see it then very soon. Oh, you're serious? Oh, yeah. I gotta look that up now. <laughs> it really did. By the way, they, Chris, they... just let's finish that one last thing with all of the moves the Padres made because yeah. I want my spirit animal is now AJ Preller. I want that kind of confidence <laughs> in this world. Um, the list of the list of prospects that have been traded from the Padres farm system in the last few days: Mackenzie Gore, C.J. Abrams, Robert Hassel. James Woods, Jarlin Susanna, Robert Gasser, Eshuary Ruiz, and Victor Acosta. That is a, a throttling of a farm yeah. system, and it is incredibly impressive to see any GM, especially in today's world where so much emphasis is on prospects, so much emphasis is on youth, and for Preller to essentially say, I could care less about all of that. I'm going right now. I mean – Talk to me a little bit about just all of those prospects going and how shocked you are that all of them are on a different team. I mean, I would be shocked if it was probably any other team but the Padres. And I want to point out, too, again, Max Ferguson and Corey Rogier are solid prospects that get moved. They get Jay Grom back, who is an interesting arm. And it'll be interesting mm -hmm. to see what San Diego could do with him. But this is a lot. You you still have Luis Camposano, who is a legitimate top 50 prospect in baseball, despite the fact that he has not hit whatsoever at the highest level. You still got guys like Joshua Mears and Victor Lizarraga and Kevin Copps, who's more of a reliever at this point. I mean, you've made enough trades where Kevin Copps is probably a top 10 prospect now as a reliever. I mean, it's a lot. You're taking a massive risk, but you're also adding – substantial talent and again i think you cannot overestimate the fact that you are getting juan soto for the end of this year mm -hmm. and all of 2023 and all of 2024 as a 23 and 24 and 25 year old and you're getting a middle of the order hitter in josh bell or somebody that if you're hitting set if josh bell is hitting seventh for you god bless you you've got a heck of a lineup going there you've got one of the best closers in baseball and josh hater if not the best closer in Josh Hader. It's not like they traded all of this stuff to just be good in 2022. Their major league roster is sustained for success as well as any team outside of maybe the Dodgers, the Yankees, and Tampa Bay. And, you know, the Yankees have to sign that big tall guy too. So, yeah, it's a lot and it's a huge risk and they're going to have to draft and develop awfully well to catch up. At some point, there will be a, a reckoning for lack of a better term, for the San Diego Padres. But it ain't in 2022, and it ain't in 2023. One one other prospect note, a, a guy that's on the move but not in a trade, Miguel Vargas joining the Dodgers taxi squad. Oh, that's awesome. And, uh, yeah. number, out, four, so. number four on my top ten prospects list for the week. Uh, the reason he's been number four instead of number two, three, or one is just the fact that we're just not sure about when he is going to make that debut. If he's on the taxi squad, it would be really weird for him to be there if he's not going to get a chance to play. I like him a lot. Good chance to hit for average, a good chance to hit for some pop. Um, even sneaky stolen base guy, of course, the Dodgers don't run as much as some other teams do. But uh, Miguel Vargas would definitely be somebody I'd be looking to pick up, assuming that is a, a – uh, call up to be called up <laughs> speaking speaking of the Dodgers how are those conversations between uh, Joey Gallo and uh, Cody Bellinger gonna go that, those, those would be fun <laughs> that would be I'm, really I'm seeing, I'm seeing the the Cody Bellinger meme squinting into the distance uh so, something to do with him and, Votto and just discussing uh what if 
<laughs> some, some Jack, some Jack, Jack Handy quote next to it. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, just Gallo's just thinking about the the dialogue from Goodfellas while he's like, uh, I really like that trade for the Dodgers. I was going to ask you guys that. Yeah, Joey Gallo has been awful. I mean, awful yeah. with the New York events. There's there's no way to deny that. But you can't just completely dismiss his history with the Rangers. A flawed baseball player, though he may be, he is a 40 home run player who has shown the ability to be one of the best right fielders in baseball. No doubt about it. And the Dodgers have a fantastic player development system. And that doesn't just mean developing prospects, by the way. They're going to work with Joey Gallo. They are going to get the best out of Joey Gallo. And all he really has to do now is be a – Lefty guy who plays right field, some DH. You could put him at first base if you wanted to as well. I think he's an excellent buy low prospect. Uh, do you agree with that for fantasy purposes as well, Ryan? Everything you say is true, Chris, but you can mm-hmm. clip that off and, and keep that for your for your, your mantelpiece. Uh, <laughs> but I will say I, I do think it's it's funny that a report came out a couple days ago, I believe, saying that the Yankees were looking to trade Joey Gallo to a small market team. And hey, <laughs> here you go. You're going to Los Angeles. They're tiny. It's a, it's a quite little city that uh, yeah, doesn't so much have much for, I mean, So much for him being able to rehab his value, his confidence in a smaller market that doesn't have a, a World Series eyeing for it at the end of yeah. the year because yeah. Dodger fans aren't going to love it as much as Yankee fans didn't when it's big moments and big games against big teams and Joey Gallo stepping into the box and you know full well there's a 42% chance that he's going right back to the dugout with bat in hand. One, one other little thing I wanted to mention on the Gallo trade. Um, I, I forget who tweeted out the uh, – I think maybe it was uh, Zach Buchanan, the – beat writer for the Diamondbacks. Anyway, uh, Clayton Beater was the guy who went to the went to the Yankees in the Gallo, yes. Gallo trade. Yes. So I, now think the Yankees, know, I think you know where you're going he, with this one. He tweeted out, now the Yankees have two Clayton Beaters and tweeted out a picture of Matt, Matt Carpenter getting to Clayton Kershaw in the playoffs as he did so many times. And just, as a Cardinals fan, I had to I had to bring that up. That's well, really funny. That's very funny, and I will say this, too, about Clayton Beater. So this is a guy who, in, uh, I believe, 51 and two-thirds innings, he struck out 88 batters. That's very good. He has walked 36 batters in 51 and two-thirds innings. And when I pointed that out, many people pointed out, that sounds like Joey Gallo's stat line. Yeah, pretty close. (laughs) Let's finish up on the Yankees. Let's talk about the Yankees a little bit here. Obviously, the best record in baseball still – have been, although the cracks have been showing over the last few months, basically went 500 in the month of July after a scorching first three months in the league. Um, mm-hmm. They go out and they need to get rid of Joey Gallo. They do. They replace him with Andrew Benintendi uh, basically last week. They lose Severino to the 60-day IL. He won't be back until at least mid-September, so he can't be a starter anymore. He won't be stretched out then. They go out and add Frankie Montas. The bullpen suddenly showing signs of cracks michael king goes on the out for the season chad green out for the season uh aroldis chapman's just straight struggling to find the strike zone and clay Holmes suddenly look human Uh, they go out and add trevino and the reliever from the cubs um i think they've done basically if you were to look at this what they needed to come into this trade deadline with and what they need to come out of the trade deadline with, I think they checked off basically all of the boxes. It might not be 
the sexiest of moves in terms of, oh, maybe they wanted Luis Castillo more than they wanted Frankie Montas. And obviously yeah. they would have loved Juan Soto, but it doesn't seem like that ever was Her- really – Harrison, that ever Harrison really Bader. Harrison Bader yes, as well. you're right. I forgot the Harrison yeah. Bader so move I'm, at I'm the end. I'm curious what the, what's going to – because he's out with – he just had a setback with plantar fasciitis. So I, right. I'm wondering, though, if this is more of a – like 2023. I believe he's under control I think for at it least is. a couple more years. I think so it that's is. maybe more about long term improving that center field defense because I don't know that you can necessarily count on him down no. the stretch of the season. But no, but I, think have, I, I think you have someone like a, a LeCastro on that roster now who's kind of does can do all of that for this year if needed. Sure. And then you have the ability to use Bader next year or potentially later this year if it turns out that they can compete for kind of that fourth, fifth outfielder spot. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I like what they did. I think Frankie Montas is an outstanding get, especially for a return that compared to the Luis Castillo trade is yeah. extremely light. And even if you take that trade away, like I really like Ken Waldachuk. I think he's got a chance to be a, if everything goes right, like right between a top of the rotation and mid rotation, a number two mm-hmm. starter. Like yeah. like he's, he's pitching at or near there. If everything works out, he can throw – three pitches for strikes and he can miss bats and the other couple of guys have a chance to be decent arms as well. I expected more because when Frankie Montas is healthy, he's one of the best starters in baseball. I expected them to get a legitimate top 50 prospect in baseball. Ken Waldachuk wouldn't be there for me. Like he would be a uh, top 75 or top 80. I believe that's where I have him uh, on my list. I like that trade for them a lot. And I, I like the Andrew Benatendi trade for them too. They, they gave up a bunch of back end starters for a guy who is hits for average. And I know the metrics don't say so. Andrew Benintendi is a good defensive outfielder. Mm-hmm. He is a solid defensive left fielder who I think makes them better. Is he a flawed player? Yes. I've, all of these people who think the power numbers are going to go way up now that he's in New York. Not way not, up. They're not, not having him. Brought, he's just not going to be a guy who is going to hit uh, for a bunch of pop. And I know I'm changing the subject here real quick, but this is a good question from our buddy McStars. Just got here. Y'all think Asturi Ruiz will earn some playing time in Milwaukee, hurting for stolen bases right now? Yeah. Yeah, I think he's going to get a chance to play, and I think he'll get a chance to run as well. Milwaukee is a team that has to manufacture runs more than I think most clubs do. I, I think yeah, he's they did a not, They did not position. end up getting a center fielder as they were rumored to be. Nope, not, in, not right, yet. So. I, I didn't see the Ruiz. Ruiz is initially going to go down to AAA, but I, I agree with you. I think he could be back up soon. And yeah. that speed is – I'm not sure how much the bat is all ultimately going to translate for him, but that speed is absolutely yeah. legitimate. Yep. Let's and talk Milwaukee about- has done a good job with these type of players as well. They have gotten the most out of these mm-hmm. type of players. Ruiz is a solid get. I have no problem with the return, again, if we were talking about this trade on October 2nd instead of August 2nd. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
With the Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card, you can earn unlimited 2% cash rewards on purchases you want and purchases you need. That means you earn 2% cash rewards on what you want, like season tickets to watch your favorite team, and 2% cash rewards on what you need, like paying for parking. That's the beauty of the Active Cash Credit Card. It's ready when you are, with unlimited 2% cash rewards. The Wells Fargo Active Cash Credit Card. That's real life ready. Terms apply. Learn more at wellsfargo.com slash active cash. Of all the prospects that have been moved, which one do you think has the best chance for fantasy relevance over the course of the rest of this year? Oh, I'm gonna take Fran, I'm gonna take Mackenzie Gore out the equation because he's barely a prospect anymore. He's gonna be yeah. in a rotation. He's not he's um, not a prospect anymore. Flat right. out does not have eligibility. All right, and so I'm taking him out of the play, yeah. but like what prospect that move to that gets a change of scenery here has the best chance for fantasy numbers over the rest of the season? I got one. Go for it. Uh it, it uh, I will say again that Chris was 100% right about the return for Frankie Montas being a little light, but mm-hmm. JP Sears should probably go oh, into that Oakland great. rotation uh, if not right away uh, soon. And that's obviously a great place to pitch. He's he's his numbers this year have been awesome. Yeah. Um, I know the scouting report. Fun. Yes. And the minors is he's got like a one six ERA in the minors or something and a great mm-hmm. strikeout to walk rate. I know the scouting report, Chris, you can speak to this more than me, but I know the scouting reports to him are more probably more of a back end starter. But mm-hmm. Oakland has been able to get more out of those types of guys than than other teams. I'm just looking at like Cole Irvin. He's yep. actually su- suddenly a competent pitcher now. So sure. that would be one guy I would be willing to uh and Waldachuk too should probably get get a shot in their rotation sometime over the next two months. I would think so. I think it's worth pointing out too. And I uh, didn't think about this until our good friend Shelly brought this up. So you get a first round pick if you win rookie of the year, right? If you call somebody up right now, what are they not going to have next year? Rookie of the year eligibility. So Mm -hmm. you want to make sure that these guys who get called up can help your team, but you take the risk if they get called up of not getting that extra draft pick. So I think that is something that we really have to pay a close attention to for some of these prospects like Corbin Carroll and Francisco Alvarez, especially now Alvarez becomes in play now because the Mets did not get Wilson Contreras. I think that can be a legitimate Mm -hmm. thing that could happen right now. I think Sears is a great call. You took Mackenzie Gore away from me. You did not take CJ Abrams away from me. He'd be the guy that I'd be looking okay. at the roster. I, I really think him C- as well. I really think CJ and again, technically not a prospect as well as, as played too much. I'm just such a huge fan of that skill set. I like that fantasy. I like that skill set in real life a lot. I like it even more in fantasy because he has the type of speed to steal 40 to 50 bases. Obviously, he's not going to get those kind of rates even this year, maybe even not next year. But I do think he is a guy who I would absolutely be rostering because unless I'm missing something, if you're Washington, you've got to have that guy playing every day right now, don't you? I would think he immediately yeah, I mean, slot in. What's the point of getting him on your roster if yeah. you're not going to use him? <laughs> Although you could be uh, – arguments could, certainly could be made that the Padres rushed him. I mean, he looked a yeah. little overmatched at the plate, so yeah. maybe they send him down just to kind of get his uh, feet under him again, uh, like the Padres did for a while uh, earlier this season. But, I mean, it's it's 80-grade speed that, you know, he's going to be their uh, – he's going to be their shortstop over the long haul. They'll move over. Yeah. Luis, Luis Garcia is a better fit for second base anyway. He's Absolutely. Not really a yeah. Defender and shortstop. So 
That's yep. that's a, suddenly an interesting uh, middle infield combo with the with the Nationals have. They've got some really interesting young talent. I mean, the starting pitching rotation, they've got guys like Kate Cavalli and JoJo Gray, who I still am a big believer in. You've got Kieber Ruiz at catcher. Now you have um, you have that middle infield that you just talked about. You have Victor Robles, who I still hold out a little bit of hope, a better real-life player than fantasy because of his ability to go get it in center field. They have a quality farm system. They've got like guys like Brady House down in the minor leagues. There's a bright future here, but I think 2022 to 2024 or so are um, nice city connect uniforms is the nicest thing I can say about the Nationals right now. And Chris, you were saying before we went on air that you're still a big believer in Carter Keeboom, right? Yeah, me, me and Carter are still exchange texts all the time. Oh man, I've got some uh, I've got some PSA tens that uh, are probably not going to live up to their uh, full value for him. But yeah, I mean, look, I, I I just can't get over the fact that we saw Juan Soto get traded. I mean, is I I have a question for both of you? Okay. Is this? There's no doubt that this is the biggest deal in deadline history. Is this the biggest baseball trade of the 20th century? I mean, the only one I can. Oh God! I'm, I'm so going to say with- yes because of the three pennant race years of Juan Soto here, and the conceivable ability that you know what if it all happens to blow up, they can work out. You know, you can trade him again if you really wanted to. But I mean, with Josh Bell being thrown in here, the number of young players going across the other page. I mean, obviously, it, Miguel Cabrera's trade has been brought up a whole bunch during this time yeah. just because that's the last time we saw someone towards this age and just someone this good on a Hall of Fame trajectory getting moved. Yeah. And that didn't particularly work out well for the Marlins. I We've seen throughout history that these type of trades have rarely worked out for the team taking on a bunch of prospects. But if there ever was a time for maybe – a group of prospects to, to turn that tide. This might be the one with just the, the talent and the depth of talent that they're getting back right now. So I'd say yes on my end, Ryan. I, I, I would, I would tend to agree a couple ones that popped up in my head. The Mark to trade was pretty huge. Yep. massive trade. Yeah. Uh, a rod trade was, was huge um, monster trade. I, yeah. So I, just real quick, I think the thing about the, the a- yeah, I think that you're a hundred percent right. Um, the A-Rod trade to me, and it's why a bunch of people, and by the way, yes, I did say 20th century. Haha. Very funny. Um, the, uh, the thing about I the A-Rod trade and George, the, the George Herman Babe Ruth trade and those things, those guys were basically sold. Like uh, all due respect mm-hmm. to uh, Alfonso Soriano, who was a very solid baseball player yeah. and looked like he might've becoming a hall of famer someday. If we were talking about if the Alex Rodriguez for Manny Ramirez trade would have happened, if that would have actually gone down, which a lot of people I think forget about, I think that would have been the deal that maybe beats this. I I can't think of a bigger one. Um, There was another trade, by the way, that uh, I don't know if we mentioned. Uh, The Toronto Blue Jays got Mitch White and Alex DeJesus in exchange for Nick Frazzo and Moises Brito. Uh, Ryan, Mitch White for fantasy, if he's going to be... I think that's a little interesting because I think he might be a part of that rotation. Yeah, I guess they missed out on their uh, their other starting pitching targets, so yeah, probably. Um, you know, I'm not... I don't love the, the landing spot, you know, going to Rogers Center and, and the AL East. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Mitch White has some skill, but I, I would... 
probably leave him more as a kind of a streamer option. Yes. Down the stretch. Agree. Yeah. Uh, the arms that uh, Los Angeles acquired, by the way, uh, Nick Frost is a really interesting one. I think there's some long-term potential in his right arm. Um, I, 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 I kind of expected us to be able to break more trades. Should we talk about Whit Merrifield going to the Blue Jays other than the fact that it's um, kind of broke me? <laughs> um, because I think there's significant fantasy upside in this type of trade. Uh, I would say so as well. <laughs> is, it, is it Santiago Espinal? Oh, you hear my daughter in the background? Yeah. <laughs> we have a we have a lock on the door, but you know she would still hear her. That's okay. Anyway, oh, Santiago Espinal, I guess, is going to go to the bench now. Yeah, which is funny because we were just talking year. about him as a fantasy option, Colin, not too long ago. Yeah, and now I, I think a good one, but yeah, I don't know where he fits in with Merrifield there again. Merrifield has can play some outfield. I'm curious if there's any room for maybe him being a little bit more of a utility player and keeping Espinal where he is and kind of getting that spot. But also Rymel Tapia and others have been hitting very well of late, and I'm not sure where he fits in the outfield there. So. I mean, I think we can all agree on one thing. Mary, uh, Maryfield really could give them a shot in the arm. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to take a really jab at the organization. All at any point. Uh, oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah, that's – I mean, look, Whit Maryfield was a guy that was, like, completely off my radar not all that long ago because he was terrible, and I have seen that skill set age so terribly – but I love the fit in this Toronto lineup, man. Like if, if he's whether he's hitting at the top of it or the bottom of it, I think he's going to get a chance to score a bunch of runs. I imagine Toronto's going to give him a chance to run because he's Whit Merrifield and he's still one of the fastest and best base runners in baseball. I really like this deal. I'm really, really intrigued by how this is all going to go down with this Toronto lineup because I hope it, even I hope it doesn't yeah. mean. Sorry, Krista. Just no, that's okay. You. Uh, I hope it doesn't mean that the George Springer elbow injury is a little worse than expected. Um, I mean, he's a, he's an option for the outfield, as you mentioned as, as well. Mm. Uh, it, all all things, it's signs point to that being a minor thing, but that, that just right. popped in my head that he could sure. he could potentially fit in there as a little yeah. George Springer insurance. Yeah, absolutely. I haven't, seen, I haven't seen what the return, Chris, unless you've got it on you. I, I haven't do. seen the return for what. what okay, so what is the return? So the, one of the prospects I know is going there is Samad Taylor. Now, Taylor's interesting. He's kind of a late bloomer prospect, but is a guy who is, the last time I checked, was putting up big numbers in there. Um, an interesting fantasy guy, one who, a player who I think could um, get a chance to play for, uh, excuse me, Kansas City this year. A plus run. Um, I'm just looking at the numbers right here to make sure that I'm not talking. Uh, they slowed down a little bit, but did still 23 bases. Has hit nine home runs. I think he's a solid return type of guy in terms of fantasy long-term potential. I forget who the other guy is in the trade, but the Toronto Blue Jays did not give up a whole heck of a lot. And I imagine some of that has to do with Merrifield's contract status. I guess it would, yeah. I think of what Merrifield, I just keep thinking to myself, like – Kansas what they City, could have gotten for him over the so last much more years. in the last two, three years. I, I, I'm looking at this going like, if that's the return, two, yeah. three years ago, there was such a window, and, and there Everybody was an option for him to get a massive haul. You want to hear a fun story about the Mariners almost are trying to acquire Whit Merrifield and what the Kansas City Royals asked for? I love it. What's up? 
Julio Rodriguez. I'm glad they held on to that one. Well, I mean, Seattle wasn't going to do that, but obviously they <laughs> valued Whitberryfield an awful lot, and now they're yeah. trading him for a guy who might be a regular and some organizational depth as well. Definitely sold low here, but I'm sure. Uh, he just, yeah, just, he, just the fact that that wasn't maybe even an automatic hang up the phone yeah. right, just tells you about how much how much his value has fallen over the last couple of exactly. years. Exactly. Great point. I mean, it, it, his age never lined up with the window that the Royals were going to have on their next rebuild, and it didn't really ever make sense for them to hold on quite as much as he did. Although you bring up, I mean, we bring up Whit Merrifield. I think there is a factor. We talked about Trey Mancini getting moved from the Orioles. Whit Merrifield has been a major part of the Royals for the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there is absolutely a factor that kind of plays in here, just in terms of like these are bad clubs that need an excuse for people to still show up to the ballpark at a certain point. And those major names now not there. And it also kind of brings back all we mentioned, CJ Abrams and Washington. You got to assume the nationals have to be almost overly eager to put some of these, some of this return onto the major league field here to quell a fan base that is pretty livid right now. I had, I woke up to quite a few texts from nationals fans, uh, in my phone saying like they were just regardless of the return, it hurt to lose Juan Soto and Josh Bell oh. on the spot. So yeah. you have to assume that there's gotta be the nationals need butts in seats at a certain point, putting out, putting out that return as fast as possible onto the field might yeah. be, you could see that happening very quickly. I mean, this is an organization that has now lost Bryce Harper, Trey Turner and Juan Soto and Scherzer. And Scherzer, and at least Scherzer, like Scherzer's 163 years old. So it's a little like, yeah, Anthony yeah, it's, yeah, and Anthony Rendon. They have and lost. Ryan Zimmerman some, finally retired. <laughs> they have lost. They have lost some of uh, the best um, young talent in baseball in their prime. That's got to suck, man. As a fa- as a team player, as a person, I can't even talk. As a person who's rooted for a baseball team that has a playoff drought that is old enough to get drunk. I, I, I kind of sympathize even with Nationals fans. To, I, I know you've got a World Series, but like yeah. – Yeah, they get, the, losing, they get that, t- that title though. Flags fly. Yes, flags do fly forever, and I would love to see one flying from uh, Safeco Field slash T-Mobile slash whatever it will be called in a couple of years. Uh, did we talk about the David Robertson trade at all? A little bit, only in the sense that I was shocked by how little the Phillies gave up for him, or that the the return was. But yeah, Robertson to the Phillies is something that has been talked about for a while now because it was such an obvious need for the Phillies was to get more bullpen arms. That bullpen has been absolutely dismal for basically what feels like the last half decade. And getting Robertson there, I think, was a really nice spot. When Robertson signed with the Phillies a few years ago, how many appearances and? Did he wind up making it? How much money did they wind up giving him? So, uh, so he made, this is he made kind of, yeah, seven appearances. <laughs> and uh, in his time with the Philadelphia Phillies, he made $21 million. So oh, three, $3 million per appearance, I think. Oh, and then also <laughs> another us, David Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> and then another $2 million for the buyout of his contract. So technically he got $23 million from the Philadelphia Phillies. I guess the question mark here is, is he's been the closer for the Cubs, closer for the Phillies? Sir Anthony Dominguez right. has been really good at that I was going to say, yeah. It'll Dominguez be, probably it'll be, takes it. I think it'll be. I think it'll be Robertson. I, I was 
I actually dropped Robertson in one fantasy league where I w- wanted to clear a spot for uh, Bautista. Because oh, interesting. I, fi- I figured yeah. Robertson would get traded to be a setup man somewhere, but that didn't happen. So, whoops. I think that the thing with Robertson is, is he's better as that prototypical closer than as the guy that you, the high leverage, high throwing guy that you want to use. I think this kind of opens up Dominguez to be used in the role that we were just talking about with Devin Williams, where he, and kind of Felix Bautista, where, you know, he can be more of that guy you use in the seventh and eighth inning. So he's more of that traditional closer to me that I think will be getting those save chances. But I imagine that uh, any type of blow up stuff, then you've got Dominguez ready to go because Dominguez has looked really good. He has. Uh, let's talk about a couple teams that didn't do anything today. I mean, White Sox and Guardians sitting on their hands for the most part today. White Sox just add uh, Diekman from Boston. The Guardians, to my knowledge, added nobody. We talked about the – I mean, we're now this far past. I feel pretty confident saying the Royals – I mean, the, the Rockies moved absolutely no one. Um, very surprising, though, from the White Sox and Guardians because that central division – is still very much up for grabs. They saw the Twins make the moves that they did, and that apparently did not spur any type of interest in in, in making a move at the deadline. Yeah, I mean, the Twins had a heck of a day. That's, they really did. They, they created a even more of a separation, I think, probably. Uh, Imagine but, caring about your baseball team. <laughs> maybe maybe Rick Hahn had had the same thing that – <laughs> Tony, Tony La Russa had the other day when he, oh, he fell, fell asleep in the dugout. Yeah, maybe Rick Hahn was, was falling asleep in the up in the uh, up in his suite. At how do you whatever, not do anything if you're those two teams? How do you know. not make? How do you not get better if you're those two teams? It's an excellent scenario that you've put yourself into. I don't. It really bugs me, and I I didn't expect like Cleveland to like go out and add like superstars, but you have prospect depth. You have as much infield depth in your system as anybody. Go get somebody who can help you this year. The division is winnable and you've got a third wild card spot. And by the way, I don't want to hear another word from anybody telling me that the third wild card spot is going to open up a bunch of teams going for it. Because look what Chicago did, look what Cleveland did, and look what Baltimore did. They cared so much about those third wild card spots that they either did Jack redacted or they traded away players to get worse. Do not tell me that this had anything to do with competitive balance. It was purely about the money of adding an extra playoff spot. You lost this argument. No Thank notes. you. I have no notes on this front. Also, you forgot Boston in that spot too. But no Yeah, notes. great point. Financial flexibility on that, on that rant. I'm all for you. Yeah. I mean, Spucky. I guess the only thing you could say about the White Sox is that getting healthy is almost more important than anything else, but there's still holes in that rotation. There are still spots to fill in that lineup. And there's still, yeah. I mean, they added one bullpen arm. They really could have added another one at least with Blummer on the IL. So, uh, I, again, I just, I don't quite understand that. And I completely agree with you, Chris. They're just, I think teams are going to fall backwards into the third wild card spot than they are going to go for it the way that I think it was initially sold yeah. to the fans. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's, that's, you know, I get that you're not going to say that it's just about the extra money and stuff like that, but it's blatantly clear 
that a third wild card spot is not going to um, be appetizing enough for teams to hold on to prospects and stuff like that. By the way, Chad mentions the return uh, and the trade. Ben Brown, I'm not as big a fan as Chad is suggesting in the chat for those of Robertson, you who right? are. Yeah. yeah. Um, two above average pitches, has pitched well this year, was a 33rd round pick in 2017. So obviously a guy. Um, and he has prototypical size and there's some upside here. I see more back-end starter or high-leverage reliever over that. I would expect somebody with the way Robertson is pitched in both this year and in the past as well. I, I expected a higher return. All right, let's look at the trade deadline now. Now that we are an hour out from the deadline, and more than mm-hmm. likely most of the moves, or at least mo- at least the major ones, have been announced. Where do you now, as the dust is starting to settle, where do you start to recalibrate the National League and the American League, now that we're starting to see full rosters? Sure. Hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, I'm surprised that the Dodgers didn't do more, but they already, I mean, that roster <laughs> yeah. was just absolutely yeah. loaded already. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I, I've, I mean, the gap there in that division was already so large, even though the Padres are clearly pushing all their chips into the middle of the table. Sure. They're still going to end up with a wild card and not – by the way, did you see that Bob Nightingale in, in all his Bobness tweeted out that uh, the Padres going all in and now they're going to make the playoffs for the first time since whatever. So they're oh, definitely no. not going to make the playoffs now. Well, sorry. Sorry, Padres. It was over before it began. <laughs> um, I think what's interesting here is what I just talked about on my – stupid little tangent in the American league. I think you have to make, I think you've got your six playoff. I would be very surprised if your six playoff teams right now are not New York, Toronto, Tampa Bay, Minnesota, Houston, and Seattle. I don't think any of those central teams, it's going to be whoever wins that division. I make Minnesota a prohibitive favorite now with these acquisitions to win that AL central. I, I just think it's going to be there. The National League's really interesting. Um, I thought the Mets might do a little bit more here. I really did. It's it's such a golden opportunity. Ultimately, I imagine that they offered a fair price for the cut to, for Wilson Contreras. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think there's going to be a real battle here too for that final spot. Um, I would say your playoff teams right now are New York, Atlanta, Milwaukee, St. Louis, Los Angeles, San Diego. But I think Philadelphia and St. Louis could be an interesting little battle there. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, so. I think a lot depends on Bryce Harper. Uh, but Huge. I would, I would maybe give give the Phillies actually the edge there. Interesting. Um, they already have they already have a small edge. Yeah. In the standings, technically, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you know, me being a Cardinals fan is if I can, yeah. if I can admit that the Phillies are a little ahead of us right now, probably. Um, I think the Cardinals, though, I, I think what they did with that rotation, and sorry to interrupt again, um, getting Quintana and getting uh, getting Montgomery really improves that rotation, yeah. I think. And I, I still yeah. like that lineup. Are you disappointed that Juan Soto isn't a St. Louis Cardinal? Disappointed, sure. But okay. I did not – I was not expecting it. I mean, okay, it just seemed like such a preller move, didn't it? Oh, it no, did. Start it again. did. Yeah. yeah, I just. Yeah. You know, when I started seeing the stuff about um, 
the, the I'm sure you guys saw it that the Cardinals were hesitant to include Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. I never really like believed poor, that. Yeah, poor Dylan Carlson. It's, it's yeah, going to follow him around his entire career now. Which yeah, obviously just, that tweet that tweet yeah. did not capture the entire thing. No. I mean the Cardinals are not refusing to part with Dylan Carlson for one soda. Soda. No, no, refusing to part with him plus Jordan Walker, plus Mason Wynn, et cetera, et cetera. And you can make, you can, you know, say that they should go ahead and part with those guys. That's fine. Yeah. But just that, that tweet just didn't, it was, no. it was a heavy peach to be plucked. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, just, I, I honestly yeah. don't think, I don't think anybody could have matched that offer outside of the Dodgers. Um, I just don't like, I was thinking about it. Like Seattle would have had to include Julio Rodriguez. Why would you do that? You're taking a step back, step forward, take a step back. It wouldn't make any sense to include Julio Rodriguez in that deal. Los Angeles, I think could have done it. It would have been like Gavin Lux. And you're talking about a quality young starter and a bunch of those prospects, which they have a ton of, like D- Diego yeah. Cartea. be kind of funny if they traded for both of those catching prospects and Diego Cartea and Kiever Ruiz. I just think at the end of the day, once San Diego was willing to include Abrams, Gore, and Hassel, nobody was going to match this trade. Nobody. Yeah, it was going to be real tough. Although I will say, I, I think the Cardinals, if they were genuinely, if, if they had the stomach for it, I think they had the pieces for it. But it was going to be, it was never going to happen. Uh, yeah, it would depend gonna... on whether or not you like Jordan Walker more than yeah. you like CJ Abrams. And that's the thing that we have to keep in mind here, too, with these trade type stuff. Like, you take a look at the Luis Castillo trade, and I think we all agree that Seattle gave up more for Luis Castillo, and they should because Castillo is a a safer option and also signed through 2023. And, you know, the, the, the fact that Castillo is a more durable option is something you can't ignore. But I guarantee you Oakland was targeting a player like Waldachuk in this type of trade. And that's one of the things mm-hmm. that you have to keep in mind with these type of deals yep. is, is teams target specific type of things. The Nationals love athleticism. And Jordan Walker is by far and away not a bad athlete whatsoever. But C.J. Abrams is like a legitimate NFL type athlete. There's just a difference in that type of skill set. And one's going to be a third baseman and one's going to be a shortstop. Like it, it does come down to these type of things. It's it's easy to just say, well, why did they trade for MLB.com's number twelve prospect instead of, and they got uh, right. well, they could have gotten MLB.com's number six prospect. That's not how it works. There is organizational fits, and those guys are better than us. They are better at ranking prospects than we are, even though sometimes we can look back and. Uh, but yeah, that's that's something that you have to keep in mind with this stuff is that organizational fit is something that matters with these deals. When we talk about the National League, obviously Padres big winners today. I think Yankees and Astros on the American League side, both big winners, the Huge. Twins big winners here. Um, and Yankees and Astros have been looking at each other basically from across the room and saying like, I want you for the, this entire year. And I think both teams made moves specifically looking at the other don't think I, I don't see two um, American League East players going over to the Astros in this conversation, two uh, in Mancini and Christian Vasquez, two guys who have seen the Yankees quite a bit. Um, you just see you just see the gamesmanship going on through that stuff. Um, and then obviously National League side, Padres, big move up. The Central is still very wide open because neither of those teams in the Cardinals and the Brewers 
made massive changes. I think the pitching for the Cardinals is a big boost, but nothing that's earth shattering there. The Braves surprisingly held Pat a little bit more at this deadline, especially considering last year they were the darlings of the deadline um, with their four outfield players that basically helped them win a world series. Um, But it was very interesting to see the Mets basically just making veteran bat moves, Vogelbach, Ruff, um, Peralta, and then, and then other, and then obviously the Braves really just adding um, the bullpen arms that they have and Jake Odorizzi, but not really touching much of that lineup. So the Dodgers Mets have always kind of been in their own separate tier. I think now you can put very easily put the Padres up in that same tier and the Braves right behind that. And American yep. League, it's still Yankees and Astros with everyone kind of still looking up at them. Yeah, I think that's fair. I will say this too about the Mets. While they didn't make a big deadline deal, um, they are calling up a prospect to pitch tonight. His name is Jacob Jacob Degromi. Jacob Degromi, who apparently has pretty good stuff, has looked good in his minor league and starts. Electric fastball. Really I'll, just be pops out of to, hand. I'll be curious to see how he handles the jitters of uh, <laughs> making his uh, MLB debut tonight. By the way, that it's guy, Jacob DeGrom. It's going to be tough facing that, that Nationals lineup, though. That yeah. Nationals lineup, and who's pitching for the Nationals is Corey Abbott, who last pitched two days ago out of the bullpen. So we've got a oh, Jacob wow. DeGrom against that lineup and Corey Abbott on the map. By the way, I think I uh, saw, I think I saw on points bet minus four twenty five for, for Mets to win money line against the nationals uh, today, which is hilarious. That's like Pac-12 versus Mac lines. Yeah. Like that that's, is, that's the type of thing where it's like, you almost don't want to bet on the money line. Cause it's not worth it. The, I think the only one I saw that was close this year, I, I, I did some research. The only one that was close this year was, the first game up in Toronto when the Royals brought left 10 players behind. And yeah. there was, I think that one hit uh, minus uh, 400 as well. But otherwise, the largest money line of the year on tonight's game for uh, Mets versus Nationals. Very fun. And the Royals won that game, right? And the they Royals sure did, did win that game. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. there's something to be said about sprinkling it on yeah. the dog. But yeah. boy, could you imagine a world where the Nationals win tonight? That would be oh. astounding. Well, well, Mets fans are always calm and composed, oh, so yeah, I'm no, sure take it easy. after not trading for a big bat, and if they lose this game, then I'm sure they will be entirely rational about it. There is a little bit of – I am surprised with the Mets just because Cohen has been so adamant about this year, this year, this year. Yeah. I am a little surprised there wasn't something kind of just – you know, George Steinbrenner in the, you know, early 2000s esque where he's like, I'm just going to make a move because I want to win right now. Yeah. I, I'm a Darren little surprised Ruff, by that. I expected it. Darren Ruff helps them. I mean, he, he's a guy who I think makes a very nice platoon with Vogelbach at first That's, base. There's, um, a lot, there's a lot of beef in that, in that DH spot. Oh, yeah, it's a lot spot. of beef. Yeah. Yeah. There, there is some beefy boys who are now playing for the Metropolitans, but yeah, I did too. I, I really thought the Mets would be, one of the teams that came out with one of these big names and um, you know, they're still going to be good. I would still make them the favorite to win the uh, NL East, but uh, that is a really interesting point you brought up earlier though, Chris, about uh, the prospect thing with the, about Francisco Alvarez potentially yep. coming up. Now. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's it because they didn't get a catcher. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. Really making me really making yeah. me think. And if Francisco Alvarez gets that call up, if you're pl- especially playing in a two catcher league, which, 
again, what is wrong with Stop. you? But if you're playing in a two, if you're playing in a two catcher league, a must add. If you're playing in a one catcher league, I'm still probably rostering him, even if it's likely to be him playing two or three days a week instead of like a four or five uh, normal starting catching option. I think Francisco Alvarez has enough offensive upside to legitimately be a catcher one down the stretch. All right, guys, are there any, I think we're running up towards the end of the show. Are there any final thoughts, anything else that you want to discuss? I mean, one Soto plays for the San Diego Padres. I mean, how about how sexy is that lineup going to be with Tatis, Soto, Machado? So much much fun. So, oh I my god! It's easily the most fun team in baseball, and if and in those City Connect uniforms, take the brown and spicy mustard and dump them over the Coronado Bridge and oh. wear the City Connect uniforms every single. I like the brown too. No, you know why? They're fine. They're fine. Gorgeous. But you're, we're talking about the greatest uniform that has ever been created City in the Connect Bayside High City Connect uniforms. I cannot wait. To have, I have not bought a baseball jersey probably in twelve years. I might have to buy a City Connect Soto jersey. And uh, NBC, if uh, <laughs> if you're looking for something to, for me to hang in the background, um, uh, we can talk. He's a company man through and through. <laughs> Ryan, any other final thoughts on the deadline? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think we need to get Chris's spiel about the about the third wild card sent directly to. Uh, Mr. Manfred, and, you know, he we'll definitely won't what, leave that on red. Because he, if anything, we know that he's he's great in press conferences and never says the wrong <laughs> thing. So I'm sure he will respond to it just perfectly. Hey, NBC, let that be the viral moment and not my reaction to being super wrong about where Whit Merrifield <laughs> is being traded. Please and thank you. Oh. <laughs> just take that down. <laughs> All right. Well, that just about wraps up our live trade deadline show. And we thank you for taking part if you watch this live or listening to this in podcast form. For more deadline coverage, be sure to check out NBC Sports and NBCSportsEdge.com. And make sure you're subscribed to Circling the Bases wherever you listen to your podcasts. And while you're at it, be sure to follow NBC Sports Edge on Twitter, YouTube, and Twitch to be informed of all of our live shows, Q&As, segments, articles, and more. So, so you can stay up to date on everything around the league and join in on the action. You can follow me on Twitter at Kyle Don't Lie. You can follow Ryan at Ryan P. Boyer and Chris at Crawford underscore M-I-L-B. Uh, next show coming out Friday with DJ and Drew, so make sure you check that out. And may the trades, way the trades made over the past few days work out in all of your team's favors. Uh, trades are always best when they win on both sides. So... Uh, While you watch those play out, stay safe out there. Thanks for the listen, and uh, we'll see you back next time. Dom Smith, I wish you could have been dealt, buddy. Maybe next time. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? 
also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.